You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. I'm a performance coach, a life coach. I do wellness presentations and I do consulting and uh, I'm a podcast host and you know that already. You can find me on Instagram at McCormick, S-E-A-N McCormick, or on my personal website, seanmccormick.com. On today's episode, we're joined by Dr. John Jaquish. Uh, this is his second appearance since I've been in charge of the Optimal Performance Podcast, way back at episode 182. Uh John Jaquish is the creator of OsteoStrong, which is a Tony Robbins-backed company that um, that basically helps you regrow bone density. Uh, it's a massively successful company, and he's also the creator, more importantly for my in my world, of the X3 bar. We talked all about endogenous natural growth hormone in 10 minutes a day, and it is still one of the more popular episodes that I've done. So I wanted to have him back for a couple of reasons. Number one, I wanted to talk a little bit further about the application of the X3 bar. Um, the X3 bar users group on Facebook is just has before and afters all day long of people who are totally transforming their body in just 10 minutes. It, it, it actually sounds too good to be true, but it's not. You see, I've been using the X3 bar for about a year and it has totally transformed my physique. And it has literally been 10 minutes a day, six days a week. It's literally one hour of exercise a week and my, my, my body has totally transformed. I'm stronger. I look better than I ever have before. Uh, and uh, Dr. Jaquish is, has just recently released a, another product for basically for, for, for building lean muscle mass called Fortigen. And I've been taking that. I wanted to have him back because literally the results are so astounding that I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into it. And because I know that it's been such a popular episode, I know that you guys would be interested in learning a little bit more. So on this podcast, we talk about some of the scientific evidence that supports this formulation, this, this protocol, the, the concept that we, are, we, we do our most work at the uh, strongest range of our movement, which means that as you p- think of a bench press, as you're pushing the, the, the bench, or in this case, the bar, away from your body, that uh, you're way stronger at the longer range uh, of motion. That concept is backed by science to show you that you will gain more muscle, that you will increase growth hormone, and the proof is in the pudding. You know, I've been nursing a broken foot for a while, I'm, and I'm still, be, I'm still able to work out and look good. And uh, so I wanted to bring him back and talk a little bit more. So we talk a little bit more about the science. Uh, we're actually seven times stronger at the stronger range of motion than the weaker range of motion. We talk about some falsehoods of fitness. Dr. Jaquish is disruptive, I mean, to say the least. Uh, he, he goes against the grain, but it's backed by science. You know, these myths about eating protein right after you work out, these myths about, um, you know, the usefulness of cardio, uh, pretty, I mean, really, really incredible. We talked about uh, digestible uh, protein versus usable protein. Um, this Fortigen product is an amino acid product that you take at night, right before you go to sleep, because you can, you know, gain more while you're sleeping. We talk about that. He's also um, he's also doing 
one meal a day, OMAD, carnivore, and has been doing so for a couple of years. Um, so if you've been watching uh, the Joe Rogan debate between Chris Kresser and uh, James Wilkes, or John Wilkes, um, you'll know that there is a there is a debate going on. You know, the Game Changers movie was uh, made some made some pretty amazing claims, and uh, the uh, Joe Rogan facilitated a conversation between these two guys to debate it that really let a lot of people down. So John weighs in on his thoughts about that. You know, he's a research scientist, and um, he's qualified to give us his opinion. We talk about the fact that you need a gram of protein per one pound of body weight per day if you want lean muscle mass, if you want to grow. And um, yeah, this is a really cool episode talking about things that really matter to me. You know, longevity uh, is really tightly associated with strength and lean muscle mass. So if you're strong and lean, you're going to live longer. And I want to. I want to live a long time. And I know that a lot of you guys do too. This is this gets to the core of optimal performance. And when you can get the physique, when you can gain lean muscle in 10 minutes a day, uh, it's not easy, but it is it is concise. Uh, you it's 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 immediately relevant, I think, for everybody in their life. Um, so you can go and uh, check out my before and after photos on seanmccormick.com under podcasts. Click on the podcast tab, and uh, in my picture of before and after for 11 months on just X3. Like I don't do sit-ups, I don't run, um, I just do the X3, and um, hopefully my transformation photos will. Um, at least be interesting. Maybe not wildly impressive, but at least interesting. If this all sounds good to you and you want to check the product out, go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP at checkout for $50 off. Again, this is the last piece of exercise equipment you will ever need. There's no doubt about it. If you follow the protocols, you'll see pretty impressive results. Thank you for listening. We have lots of cool episodes coming up. We've got Rob Wolf coming up. Um, We've got Paul Saladino coming up. We're going to talk neurofeedback. There's lots of cool information coming your guys' way. And uh, I just really appreciate you listening. I hope when you're having um, the start to a good holiday season. Thank you again over and over and over. If you love this stuff, if you think it's interesting, hit me up. Sean at seanmccormick.com or sean at naturalstacks.com. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed Stacks Day. Hope you took advantage of the offers from Natural Stacks. Um, Natural Stacks makes incredible products that I use frequently and help me live my best life. Um, so thank you, Natural Stacks. Everybody, without further ado, Dr. John Jakewish. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. Dr. John Jakewish, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm honored to be on for a second time. Yeah, this yeah. The, the, not that many people that that I've done this with, but it's been uh, it's been 58 episodes between the first time I had you on, and I really wanted to have you back because I have seen firsthand not only in myself, mm-hmm. but in a group of about eight or ten friends of mine that since that podcast aired have bought the X3 bar and had insane results. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you get sick of hearing this, but the result. Never. Resu- never. <laughs> never. No, I, it's like I invented fire. It's awesome. The, it works so well. It, 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 it is the most, it is the most incredible bio piece. Like, and I think of biohacking equipment in a very broad, in a very broad way. You know, I think of like float tanks as a biohacking, um, you know, infrared saunas as it, it, but it, but yours sort of transcends exercise equipment because it, it the design it re, you really only have to do it for ten minutes a day six days a week. I've had a fucking broken foot that I have have been struggling with for for about a year and a half, and I went down and did platelet rich plasma treatment. I'm actually going to go back and do some exosomes. I can't really run, and I have been fairly limited in what I could exert physically to stay fit good bone prp i had i had prp into the soft tissues around the break yeah he didn't go into the bone he didn't inject into the bone interesting i didn't even know that was legal in the united states that must be a new thing yeah it's awesome but like it's only fda approved for a couple things yeah it uh it was too anti it was too inflammatory for me i found um it blew my foot up uh i didn't baby it effectively enough so i'm gonna go oh. do yeah I'm you gonna do, keep foot elevated. dude i yeah i i kind of fucked it up to be honest uh i got a little cocky and uh and so i'll be going back in actually a week to go do exosomes and then he's going to send me home with some peptides that I'll inject myself into the, the, you know, the pad of my foot on the bottom. But I have been limited. I have not been able to go play soccer. I have stayed out of the jujitsu gym because I have, because I've had this fucking broken foot, but I have still been able to do the X3 system and I've been doing it as you suggest. And my physique has shifted. I'm stronger than I've ever been in my life. And I was a college scholarship athlete. Um, my, my, my wife notices, my friends notice. And, and it makes to, all the difference. Dude, one thing when you notice is totally another thing. Your buddies are like, Hey man, you're looking, you're looking really good. Yeah. <laughs> Jacked. Yeah. That feels awesome. I've been a, fa- I mean, I was a fat kid growing up, you know, sort of overweight and soft in high school, even in college. Like I didn't have the physique physique of like a, of a, of a college athlete, too many beer, too much beer and whatever beer and pizza. But yeah. to have people who I, who I either don't know very well or, or friends of mine say like, Hey, what do you do? Like, where do you work out? And it's like, I work out in my living room for 10 minutes a day and then I just wait to for the the next you know the next question it is it is the the episode itself episode 182 if you're listening now and you're curious and you want to hear uh uh dr jake first appearance go to episode 182 it's it's one of the more popular episodes that i've done it's it's in like the top five episodes that i've done um it the the effectiveness of this piece of equipment is phenomenal and I'm ex- I was really wanted to have you back because now with the introduction of Fortigen and me being sort of um, you know keto carnivore kind of um, towing around. It's I know that they're two different things, but I eat I'm sort of meat based and, and add vegetables sometimes. With the addition of Fortigen, like in a week, my my body changed again. Like it went through you know. Anyway, what what is it like to to 
be this disruptive to the exercise universe? Do you love it? Or is it a pain uh, in the ass sometimes? You know what? And I apparently like putting targets on my back. Uh, yeah. When you're when you're that disrupt, when you take the entire protein industry and just come up with something that's outrageously more effective and easier to digest, yeah, you know, you get a lot of haters, but they're all from the protein industry. It's it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's internet hate is all jealousy based, and um, yeah, I, I get like like angry personal trainers who sort of look at X3 and they think I should have thought of that. And then like they're doing anything they can to tear me down, making up all kinds of lies and stuff. Yeah. I mean, ultimately like I don't really know another way because really the only thing I've done, like with the bone density medical device I created, that was totally disruptive. Um, and the directors of the International Osteoporosis Foundation, when they first invited me, I don't think they were behind me at all. I think they really wanted to have me at the conference present my data and really tear me down. But after presenting the data, and there's something very interesting I do uh, that I think is different than what everyone else does. Like nobody at a medical conference presents with hype. You're not supposed to be excited. It's here's the data. So instead, what I do is I certainly don't present with hype. I, I, I have the same boring monotone that all the other professors and scientists have. But what I'll do is I'll start with the limitations of the data. Here's what we don't know. And here's what we haven't seen. And here are the large sample sizes that we don't have. And so you like in this in this medical congress, you know, there's hundreds of researchers sitting there and they're like, all right, well, the guy just totally took all our all our weapons away from us. So, OK, what did you find? And then I and then I'll show them the data that we've collected and what we found and what we've seen with users. And they're like, this is great. Like, how fantastic. Uh, it's a great option for people who don't want to take the drugs. <clears throat> no, I mean, they're never going to be like anti-pharma because that's where they get their funding. Yeah. Uh, but they're very pragmatic. If there's a pharmaceutical, I love that organization. If there's a pharmaceutical that they don't think is very safe, they will recommend against it. I including entities that fund them. Hmm. I've witnessed this. Pretty cool. So sometimes when you hear, you know, big conspiracies with pharma, yeah. Not really. Uh, it, they're there, but they're not as big as, you know, some of the Internet commenters would have you believe. Uh, so so anyway, so I've just always been disruptive. And uh, so then when it came to X3, I knew on paper it would be amazing because of the analysis I did. You know, just just documenting that humans are seven times stronger in the stronger range of motion than they are in the weaker range of motion. Like I was the only guy that had that data. I had it before it was published because I wrote it. Well, I, I wrote the protocol of the paper. There's actually a principal investigator who did that study. But I'm looking at the data as it's coming in before it was published. And I'm like, this is this proves that weightlifting is really a lousy stimulus for strength and muscular development. And there's a better way. 
and the way is variance and not and like I already knew that there was multiple studies like there's 13 really good studies uh, showing that variable resistance exercise is far superior to regular con, you know conventional type weightlifting but they all picked a protocol where the level of variance is random so maybe X at the bottom of a movement and uh, uh, like 1.2 X at the top. So just kind of throwing, you know, like a dart at a dartboard, not really knowing what you're going to hit. I actually had the information that would dictate the optimal level of variance. So when I here, here's another thing I say to people all the time. When you look at a study that says variable resistance is more powerful than static resistance, you know, so then some idiot will say, well, you know, they had weights and banding. Right. And I'm like, okay, so 13 studies show that variable resistance is more powerful than static resistance. So what's more important, static resistance or variance? Like only an absolute fool wouldn't be able to answer that question. So. Okay, so let's get let's see what what the maximum variance we can handle, and that's part of the reason why we go high repetitions with X3, because once you understand the strength curve, and how it is very steep, it's not linear at all, and so with the steepness of that curve, we can handle incredible forces at the top, kind of normal forces in the middle, and very low forces at the bottom, and if we can fatigue with diminishing range of motion through the X3 protocol, in accordance with these principles, we trigger massive growth. And I knew that would happen, and of course I built a prototype, you know, I was, I was over 40 years old at the time, I built a prototype and I put on 30 pounds of muscle. Like, you know, like immediately in the first year of using it, and I just left it in my suitcase as I was traveling all the time, presenting at these medical congresses, and it was, just phenomenal. Like I'd go on a trip for, I remember I had these brutal trips where I'd go to like London for a week, Moscow for a week, Osaka for a week, uh, San Francisco for a week, and then back to Chicago. I was living in Chicago at times. So you're gone for five weeks, literally around the world. And then I'd come back into the office and people would look at me and say, you're bigger, <laughs> not fatter, bigger. And I'd be like, you know, you see yourself every day, so you don't notice it as much. But I was like, well, you know, I've been using something else. Of course, those people were dying to know what I was doing. I didn't show any of them. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, very interesting. It, the 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 effectiveness the effectiveness of the X three bar is uh, it's it's undeniable, and and the the X three bar users group is a Facebook group that that I've been watching now for a year. And, and I've watched, I've watched guys go from fairly lean, you know, sort of skinny fat to Mm -hmm. beasts in this year. And I, and there's a couple of guys specifically that I'm thinking of that have, that that post a lot and they post their workout and it's really, the users group is pretty incredible too, because you can actually post, you know, a lot of guys sort of post their workout and then say, Mm -hmm. Hey, what am I doing wrong? Which is really helpful. It's a simple, it's a simple, simple protocol. Um, but you have to do it right and you have to work your ass off, you know, um, 
uh, I'll go back. I want to bring up Sean Baker in a second, but I want to focus on the on the uh, the users group. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, one one guy like like in particular, like Todd Stratton. Yeah. Was a very slim, like he's very lean guy. W- wasn't very big, and then he put on twenty pounds of muscle in six months. Yeah. And he went from being like slim, athletic looking to looking like he could be cast in, you know, the next 300 movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, just like he walked into an osteo strong when I was given a presentation one night and people assumed he was a bodybuilder. <laughs> the guy was wearing a shirt. He didn't show up with his shirt off. Like, oh, so you're, you're, you're a bodybuilder. You're friends with John Jacobs. And he's like, I'm not a bodybuilder, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like that is the level of change, and because the guy was so lean to start off with, uh, Brandon was like that. Mikel wasn't quite as lean as those other two, but he's, he's that lean now, and he's quite a bit bigger. Yeah, he's twenty pounds of muscle too. Yeah. The, the 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 coolest part, and I think the thing that that really drives this home, because people can speak anecdotally, you know, a flashy headline, you know, um, boost growth. Booth boost um, endogenous growth hormone in ten minutes a day mm-hmm. is like f- fuck off, nah. Right, right, right. Like it, it's it's clickbaity, but it, you know even even I mean even your shirt that says no weights, no cardio, just X three. Like when people when when people digest the information, when they see it at face value, it's almost it's it's hard to believe. It, it frankly it is, and I've and there's people. Um, there's, there's even people who are sort of new to the users group that jump in and say, you know, how could this be? What are you guys on steroids? This is bullshit. There's no way that just this band workout can, 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 can increase muscle size, lean muscle mass this much, but I've seen it over and over and over again. Friends of mine who are not particularly athletic are now have physiques of underwear models because they just get into it and... Um, and, and I, and I had to have you back because frankly, I'm, I'm so encouraged by the results that I've gotten and I'm so encouraged. I think that we know that, that lean muscle mass is a marker for longevity. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in living a long, healthy life. Um, yeah. being lean and being strong are the two greatest drivers of long life. Right. So if there's a, if there, if there is the shortest route f- to that, I'm going to be a proponent of it. I want to support it. Can can you talk a little bit cuz I know this is going to be redundant, but I would love I would love to hear a little bit more cuz you talk about, you know, um, the strongest range. Can you can you talk a little bit more about about the science that supports why this works so well? How is it that 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 what you've created with with these bands is is so much better than weights alone? So Glad you asked it like that because a lot of people get confused like they're like, well, I can't see how bands could do that. Right. Because bands alone can't. Right. Because when I don't know how many people listen to this podcast versus watch it, but this is what happens when you train with bands. You twist your wrists and you twist your ankles if you're going to use them heavy enough to actually get a strength effect, to actually get a, a muscle hypertrophy effect. Uh, which is why most band packages you buy that are just bands are just weak as hell, you know, 20 pound resistance. And if you're going to try and get stronger and build muscle, 
there is absolutely positively no getting around heavy. Like you need to put massive forces through muscle and joints to less so joints, more so muscle, which is definitely how X3 works. It puts way more force through the muscle than it does to the joint. Weights do the opposite. Weights overload the joint, damage the joint, and don't even deliver much load to muscle, especially in optimized ranges of motion. So uh, it was a matter of making that initial observation based on my research, then taking all of the variable resistance research and using my research to show that it's superior, but what's been done thus far is actually much weaker than it could be. So those 13 studies that show that it's superior to weightlifting, they didn't barely scratch the surface mm. of what could be done. And so what really needed to be done? It was like a band will screw up your small joints, your wrists and your ankles. But if we just build a custom Olympic bar to manage that weight, an Olympic bar that's actually stronger than regular Olympic bars. Regular Olympic bars are hollow. X3 is solid. Uh, and it you know, has the bearing running right through the middle. Solid bar of steel. And then the tube on the exterior that rolls with your joints, that's uh, anodized aluminum, same material your iPhone is made out of. Hmm. So really high. So the, other, the other thing was to make it just really high quality, so it felt really good to hang on to. Uh, that's more of a marketing thing, ultimately. Like hmm. it could, it could be a piece of shit and still work, but you know, like I wanted to make it amazing looking because it's the most amazing fitness product that exists. It is. So, yeah. So it's it's gotta feel like you know you're holding the the magic sword from the Legend of Zelda or something. You know, it was a combination of getting the research kind of rammed into a product that would effectively deliver multiple things. So, and this is really hard to put in a scientific, you know, like white paper or even page on the website. In fact, I, the page is still there on the website. Well, we, we cut off the link to it because people would just get confused when they read it. Hmm. So <clears throat> there's a couple things going on. There's, uh, because, of the higher levels of force in the stronger range of motion, you're getting more of a myofibril growth effect. So, you know, like gymnast powerlifter type muscle, very difficult to get. A lot of bodybuilders talk about muscle protein synthesis. Most of the muscle they build is really sarcoplasmic growth. They're storing more ATP, glycogen, and creatine phosphate. Like the muscle protein synthesis levels are much stronger in explosive high impact athletes like gymnasts. So they're reading all this research on muscle protein synthesis. Eh, they're not training to get that. And by the way, training to get that is absolutely dangerous. Like nobody said gy gymnastics was safe. Right. In fact, a gymnast on average retires at 19 hmm. for a good reason. So we're that, that first phase is not only activating more of the neurological system, you're firing more tissue than you ever nor normally would in that stronger range of motion. Like the idea of trying to fire more tissue in the weaker range of motion just guarantees joint damage. Like I, I see guys doing that all the time and I'm like, how long are you planning on lifting? Because every time you do that, can you can you just can you describe what that means to to overload the weaker range? So 
like the slow controlled reps, like the stronger you get, the more weight you can handle, obviously, but the more taxing it is on the joint. So like anybody who's lifted heavy for a couple of years, they'll all say the same thing. God, my knees hurt when I get out of a chair. Right. I, I, I can't get my arm over my head. I can't do overhead presses anymore. Uh, you know, so, so, uh, one of my good friends, Phil Hernan, he's a former Mr. USA guy can't lift his arms over his head. You know, like, like he made it, I think he might've made this joke or maybe somebody else made the joke in regards to this problem, but it's like, it's a good thing. I, this is him talking. It's a good thing. I shaved my head because I wouldn't be able to comb my hair. <laughs> you know, because it hurt, like hurts to get you know your hand like up, up, up here, up on top of your head. So, uh, I see these guys who just destroy joints from lifting heavy. I have the same level of pain in my joints that I did when I was ten years old. Nothing. <laughs> I feel dynamite. Nothing bothers me. I've now, at this point, I put on more than 45 pounds of muscle. That was 45 pounds of muscle in the first two years. I'm not even going to talk about <laughs> how much better I'm doing now. I'll, I'll, I'll do another, another photo shoot. <clears throat> uh, by the way, most people don't realize my photo shoots who like, you know, say, you know, this guy's got to be on steroids or whatever. Uh, the two biggest secrets that are way more powerful than steroids are dehydration before a photo shoot and having a professional photographer with professional lighting. Right. <laughs> Just so people know, like, like, no, I mean, I, like when I see the pictures of myself, like my kind of, you know, like iconic one where I'm just turning my head and you can see, you know, my traps and my sternocleidomastoid, like the lighting makes me look <laughs> so incredible. But of course, you know, all, you know, physique type photo shoots are like that. So that, that's kind of why, like, cause sometimes you'll see a picture like Ryan Terry, he was like runner up physique, Mr. Olympia. You see him in like professional photo and then you see him out like walking his dog and you're like, you can't believe it's the same guy. Hmm, right. That's a lot of it. So still no performance dancing drugs other than my TRT, which doesn't really do jack shit. Uh, cause it gets you back to a normal level. Um, I, I did a false sense of fitness on that. I'm sure you saw it. Let, let, let's talk about the falsehoods of fitness because there are some key things that I really want to get to today in this conversation. One of, one of which is falsehoods of fitness. The other is um, your carnivore approach. The third is Fortigen and the combination of OMAD, carnivore, and Fortigen. So um, what, what's, an, what's, what's, one nice, what's one nice example of a falsehood of fitness that everybody just lives by um, that is bullshit? Mm. Cardio. There's no such thing as cardio. Cardio is just really shitty and effective strength training. Like you get the same amount of cardiovascular health. I'm actually going to give you two falsehoods of fitness that are very closely related. <clears throat> when you do cardiovascular exercise, you're primarily working on your heart and your lungs. When you're doing strength training, you're secondarily working on your heart and your lungs. There's more than a hundred studies that show that the cardiac health, not how far you can run, because that's a stupid metric and I'll explain why. I mean, if you want to run long distances, you want to get rid of muscle, you know? So, and, and this, this has to do the same thing. So your cardiovascular health is 
one thing. It's the stress tests on the heart. It's the, the, the VO2 max. It's the capacity of the cardiovascular system, right? So what happens is because like observations have been made over the years where you take a 250 pound football player and he'd run up two flights of stairs and be out of breath. And people would just assume, oh yeah, strength athletes, they have terrible cardiovascular performance because their strength training doesn't give them any cardiovascular stimulus. Absolutely wrong. The reason they're out of breath is because their quadriceps may be five or 10 times larger than the distance runner. Distance runner has tiny little legs, tiny little calves, tiny musculature, and they're, they're skinny fat. They carry a significant amount of body fat too. None of them have six packs. I mean, I'm sure there's one of them out there, but like, whatever. But basically, these people are at a you know, similar level of deconditioning as like the elderly. They're very low muscle mass, higher levels of body fat, and that's what their exercise gives them. So when you do sustained cardio, you increase cortisol levels, which diminishes muscle mass and increases fat storage. So a distance runner can run distances because he has tiny muscles. Makes sense. Right. right. So strength athletes have incredible cardiovascular capacities. That doesn't mean they can go run 20 miles easily. I mean, I'm sure I can run 20 miles if I had to. Some big animal would need to be chasing me though because I never want to do that. <laughs> it's awful. What a waste of time. Also, also, it's like, a, I, I, oh, I see people all the time. They're like, they do. I was talking to, I shouldn't even say the name of the company. Uh, Fortune 500 uh, executive was asking me about how he, like he's been using X3 and he's been doing cardio. And I'm like, okay, so when you do X3, you have a huge spike in growth hormone and you're suppressing cortisol. So building muscle, losing body fat. When you do cardiovascular exercise, you're doing the opposite. Hmm. So at the end of every day, what are you really getting? Nothing. You're getting nothing. Because you're giving, you're, you're telling your hormone system opposing, you're asking it for opposing goals. Huh. When you do cardio, the goal of the central nervous system is to eliminate muscle and store more fat. Because you, got, you have to go long distances, right? So you don't want a bigger engine, right? If you're gonna drive, do a cross-country drive, you wouldn't want a Formula One car. Right. You want an efficient car, maybe a Honda Civic or something. But I ask people, what do you wanna be? You wanna be a Formula One car, or you wanna be a Honda Civic? Nothing against Honda Civics, but it's, you know, it's, a, it's an economy car. It's right. a, designed to go long distances on very little fuel. So you don't wanna be efficient. You wanna be big engine, slash big musculature. You want strong chassis slash high bone density. You want very little storage slash small gas tank. Right. Right, that is an incredible falsehood of fitness. And I see women just wasting so much time on treadmills and ellipticals thinking they're gonna get the body they want and it is the worst approach they could possibly take. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit of strength training, maybe one tenth the time they invest. And, you know, of course, they could have X3 and have far better results. 
and uh, I don't know, like any anybody on the X3 website. You know, they're leaner, they're stronger, they're performing better. The performance athletes. Here's another group of people. It's very interesting. I've been working with a lot of uh, professional basketball players. Um, you know, I I don't pay any of these teams, so I probably shouldn't mention. But if you look at my Instagram account, you can tell. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So um, these these pro teams. Actually, a couple that I haven't even, you know, we got some guys in professional teams in New York, some guys in Detroit. Uh, but basketball players are awesome because they don't give a shit about how much they lift. Some of these guys are seven feet tall. They've never had impressive lifts. So they're not focused on that at all. They're focused on getting as strong as possible, as lean as possible, lighter, but more powerful getting more speed. So their goals are all performance oriented, not a chalkboard on the wall and how I can have shitty form and claim I bench, you know, X or whatever, uh, which a lot of people in fitness are. So they're awesome because they don't care about any of that stuff. All they want, and if you're that tall, a joint injury is like, you're done. You could be done because the amount of lever action on a compromised joint for a seven foot tall guy or a six foot five guy is much more severe than a little guy. I want to talk about the way that you approach um, because you you are a, you're an excellent example, right? I mean, not only are you the creator, but you're also you know the. Uh, the the model for for the equipment and the instructor to follow the protocol, which is super simple. And just in case you haven't listened to episode 182 when uh, Dr. Jay Quish was on, it's it's four it's it's four exercises every other day. It takes ten minutes. There's a push day and a exercises a day. There's eight exercises all together. So you alternate half the body one day, half the body. Right. They both include legs. There's a push day and a pull day. They both have legs. The, 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 the format, um, calls on stabilizing muscles to train your core. Um, I'm, I'm leaner in the midsection than again, than I've been even before, before college, maybe since I was probably fucking 15 years old and I have not yeah. purposefully not done a sit-up. <laughs> I have I have not exercised my core. In fact, I, I, I I'm I'm taking it too literally, uh, and I have not done any sort of core exercises. And I'm leaner. My clothes fit yeah. better. Um, I can see my abs without contracting them. And 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 it's because of they're you know, doing like no action in my abs. I can see them all. And it's because you're, it's because they're doing what they're meant to do, which is to stabilize. Correct. That's right. Right. Yeah. You never use a stabilizing muscle as a primary actor. It's like trying to get a tan with candles. It's just not how the central nervous system responds. Right. Right. The, it, it's been fun over the last year to watch people catch on to it. You know, since, um, I sort of pride myself in being early. Maybe I was the first podcast to have you or maybe the second, but I know that I was early because it's, it's, it really struck me. And since then, you know, Ben Greenfield, um, Sean Baker, um, you know, you've, you know, you've known Dave Asprey for a long time and I know that he's been, he's been doing it. He looks incredible. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure he's, I'm sure that he's, you know, taking his, his X3 when he travels, um, but it, it has been, it has been, it has been so effective 
Um, I would like to talk a little bit about your personal approach with Carnivore and Omad and use that as sort of a caveat to get in to talk about Fortigen because Fortigen is freaking amazing too. So um, um, how how does uh, one meal a day and the Carnivore approach complement this um, this this protocol so well? Okay. Well, I'll start with carnivore. Uh, what ha- <clears throat> what happened was I knew I needed to recommend the best nutrition program to go along with X3 because I want people to get the best results. And in the beginning, I recommended sort of like just generic, like ketogenic nutrition. But very quickly, as I kept reading some of the research, uh, I realized that there was a lot of inflammatories. Almost every plant has oxalates, which are inflammatories, which keep you from performing. But, you know, what doesn't have oxalates is meat. And then at the same time, I started looking at how much protein is actually required to trigger muscle growth. And it's a very high level of protein. Like you need a gram per pound of body weight. Uh, and <clears throat> it's been kind of shown over and over again. And it, it's not lean body weight. You don't remove all your body fat from your body fat calculation. It's the studies are done on relatively normal body fat people. So, you know, normal, probably 20% body fat. <clears throat> it's still one gram per pound of body weight. And so when I realized that it takes that much, I was like, wow, like, like I, I kind of, I've always been, I've, I've been ketogenic for 13 years. Uh, I had been at the time. Uh, and then I thought, and this is, this is about a year after I launched X3. I kept reading this and reading this and reading this. And I, I was like, wow, like anything that's not meat is really of very little value if your goal is to grow muscle. Now, if your goal is to live long, you better grow muscle because we already know the two greatest drivers of long life, being strong, being lean. So then I started doing some, uh, some research on like vitamins. Like, do we, we really need all these vitamins? Like what, what's the story here? And there's, um, I want you to take a guess if you were to eat a diet of just whole foods, no supplements, no powders. So just fruits, vegetables, fish, meats, whatever. How many calories would it take to get to the recommended daily, uh, recommended daily intakes of vitamins, micronutrients, ascribed by the American Medical Association? Oh man, two thousand, twenty five hundred. What's funny? The AMA tells you to eat two thousand calories, but to get your vitamins, you need to eat twenty seven thousand calories. <laughs> That's more than an elephant eats. <laughs> it's just stupid. Yeah, holy cow. So clearly the vitamin recommendations are nonsense. Right. So fuck it. Yeah. Don't pay attention to them. Right. Now, if you have a deficiency. Right, if you're treating some. Deficiency or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, like if you have a problem and it's associated with a deficiency and you get blood work done, okay, you know, maybe you can look at reintroducing some things that might be associated with that. But there's a lot of vitamins in meat. And I think a lot of vitamins we think we need, we don't. Hmm. 
So I haven't had anything other than meat since, you know, eggs and some dairy. I'm not, I'm, I have a casein allergy, so there's a lot of dairy I can't really take in. Like butter's fine. Uh, cheddar cheese is fine. But like there's other cheeses that have, have a lot of casein in them. So, you know, it's an allergy. Um, but um, November 1st of 2017 was the last time I ate anything you know, other than just nominal amounts, you know, just keeping it under 40 grams of carbohydrates. So sometimes, you know, you get like a, a steak at a restaurant and they put chimichurri sauce all over it, which has probably got like five grams of carbohydrates. I'm not going to send that steak back. It's like, all right, I'll eat it. It's fine. Right. Um, and even meat has muscle glycogen. So like if someone says there's zero carbohydrate, it's like, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> That's not a good, a good way to describe it because you're getting some carbohydrates even in meat. So, um, so it was when I made that shift and that shift was incredible. I got leaner immediately. I performed better. My brain functioned better. Um, everything was just superior and all my skin cleared up. Uh, I never really had great skin and really, really kind of cleared up. Um, I seemed to be a little more impervious to sun because I used to be like perpetually sunburned and that's not really my problem anymore. Uh, I still am a more kind of red kind of guy, but, uh, you know, that's just, that's like my family. Everybody's red. Um, so when did you switch to one meal a day from, from sort of basic carnivore to OMAD? Or are you doing OMAD? I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up again. So um, the, the one meal a day thing came out of both knowing I needed a ton of protein and realizing if I'm going to get it all in one meal a day because I want the benefits of time-restricted eating. The autophagy uh, is incredible absolutely incredible so if you look into like what what autophagy is and you know the recycling of cells your body can't do that if you have any food in your system you got to be absent of food for like 20 hours i believe that's a minimum it's kind of hard to measure uh so there's there's the guy who won the nobel prize uh in in medicine was the one who really really discovered how to upregulate autophagy now uh it's kind of one of these things that is almost like a superhuman ability regenerating cells uh you know you're you look younger your skin regenerates all kinds of great things happen um i'm actually in the middle of a 48 hour fast right now hmm. uh, so i'll do sometimes only only six meals in a week so hmm. one meal a day and then one day nothing hmm. uh fantastic so so uh i want to get the benefits of the fasting get even leaner uh and then looking at how much protein was required so i'd eat like two and a half pounds of meat a day if it was ribeyes it would have to be even three pounds because the protein content of ribeye is a little lower um <clears throat> the reason i came up with fortigen was because people try to do carnivore in one meal a day. That's what OMAD stands for, for your listeners that don't know what OMAD stands for. A lot of people really didn't like the way they felt after eating 
a gram per pound of body weight in steak in one meal. They feel like they have a bowling ball in their stomach. Hmm. So now part of me was like, just quit being a sissy. Just do it. You'll get used to it. I was already used to it. But I realized, like, this is something people shouldn't even be allowed to say. But, you know, I can't. Okay. You know, yeah, you can, but okay. It's just sort of like, I mean, there's people who try fasting and they're like, I can only go seven hours. I can't go any further than that. Like, like I've gone five days with zero food. Like, yeah. what a loser. <laughs> like, yeah, you can. Uh, uh, it's just, I mean, you know, the world's full of quitters. Uh, but, you know, so a little bit of it, and you see this in the forum. I give a lot of people some pretty tough love. I'm not discouraging, but I'll tell them what they're doing wrong. And I'll tell them when they say they can, I'm like, yeah, of course you can. And anything else is like, you're going to find a way or you're going to find an excuse. Yeah. Either way, you something. So, uh, so, but it was like, but nutrition thing, getting the protein, people were just really upset with the way they were feeling, just stuffing themselves with animal protein in one meal and so they weren't getting the protein and then they weren't getting the results if you don't have the right amount of protein nothing's happening so you got to have the superior stimulus with x3 and you got to have the superior nutrition so how do we get a more efficient protein and so there had been research from the mid 90s on essential amino acids now the problem with essential amino acids as a supplement is there's a lot of essential amino acids that don't do anything because they don't have the proper ratios or they're not made with rotting material you need fermentation to create it correctly uh, like you can get certain amino acids sourced in certain ways and as far as i can tell they don't absorb correctly and so it was it was established how they can be absorbed correctly through this research but then i called a couple companies that were making essential amino acids and i was like you know let me talk to your scientists and they're like oh we don't have one of those okay <laughs> well, let me talk to somebody who knows about this product and they didn't know anything like it was just a bottle of stuff that might have had some amount of the eight amino acids that you really need but they didn't know anything about how it was put together like is there fermentation involved i don't know huh. like you have vats of like rotting material so you can get the bacterial byproduct and they're like dude i don't even know what you're talking about huh and i thought whoa that's both alarming and an opportunity for you <laughs> right right like like it was amazing there were really only like no exaggeration. There were two guys in the world that I found, and I searched hmm. two, two people who really understood how this worked. And so it was like, all right, I want to make the most anabolic. They were actually in uh, kind of a cancer treatment kind of field, ah. keeping people from muscle wasting. Ah. And yeah, so these guys weren't in sports supplements at all. And, or, or really like, like one of them, it was sort of an endurance athletes, uh, having a product that was more geared to that. And I'm like, I, I want to gear a product that's muscle gain. That's what I want to build. And, you know, they were 
for a uh, non-nominal fee, they were willing to help. Yeah. And, and yeah, they did. And so, so we put together Fortigen, and it is awesome. It is. It is awesome. Uh, can you give people sort of the the? Well, I'll I'll t- I'll, t- I'll I'll talk about wh- why I. Th- I mean, to to get fifty grams, to get fifty grams of protein. In two little scoopies. The equivalent. Of the equivalent. Game. Sorry. Of yes. Regular sources, which by regular sources, it's mostly based on whey protein. Uh huh. Which is what most of the studies were done on. Ah. And whey protein is not very usable. It's digestible. Digestible and usable are two different things. Right. So when you have a bunch of uh, amino acids that are in the wrong proportion, or you just totally overfeed on protein, when you urinate, you see foam in your urine. It looks like beer. That's nitrogen. Right. It means you're not able to utilize. Now, I mean, like steak is only 38% utilized by the body. The rest goes through in waste. Uh, Fortigen is almost 100%. The, can you hit people with sort of the, the, bullet, the bullet points? Because here, here's, the, here's the big idea, right? If you want to gain lean muscle mass, you have mm-hmm. to eat a gram of protein Per pound of body weight a day. Sean mm. is 190 pounds. Sean needs 190 grams of protein in a day if I want to increase muscle mass. Right. How do I get that? How, what are the sources? Well, what are the things that are the highest in protein that are the lowest in calorie so that I don't get fat or so that I don't get swollen or mm. like inflamed, but rather it's being used efficiently? Um, yeah. To get to get the equivalent of 50 grams of protein in two scoops of Fortigen taken as directed in the evening time before you go to sleep, mm-hmm. it, it was a it was a shift in my musculature in like four days. Yeah. Um, and and if you go to my Instagram, you can you can kind of notice when that happens because I started taking more shirtless pictures in the sauna because my 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 shoulders started to. So my shoulder, my shoulders started to get a little bit bigger. My biceps were more pronounced. My vascularity throughout my entire body uh, increased because I was leaning up and I was becoming more mus- more more muscly. And that's what I want. I want to look good. I want to be strong. I I, I I'm not I'm not competing in Ironman. Um, the, the, I, I have my own specific goals and I think that, that most people want to look good naked and be strong. Right. And, um, yeah. so how, so how, how why, why do we take Fortigen at night and, and, and how, what was that process of, of, of formulating it, um, in the way that you did, how did you come up with the, the most usable sort of formulation? Well, I work with a scientist to, to come up with the most, you know, the, the ultimate formula for Fortigen. And, uh, it's just, despite what, Trolls and idiots say it's not the same as anything else different. Uh, now, there are better essential amino acid products th- than others. And some of the companies I did talk to did know what they were talking about to a degree. But not like these two guys I work with. Because I wanted to formulate something different. I wanted some different ratios. Uh, so, uh, re- really focusing on mass. Mm-hmm. We want to build muscular strength, explosive power, size. Uh, that, so, like, not cancer treatment, not endurance athletes. 
So uh, just just a little bit different. And uh, yeah, like that that was that was really the the formulation. So yeah, it's best to just go to the experts and collaborate with them, even if you have to cut them a big check. Then you know you got the best. Yeah, you know you did it right. Right. It also it wasn't my background. So right. I talked a lot about nutrition. It's not my primary area of study at all. Biomedical engineering is what I studied. So like my nutrition, like education through formal education is very, very cursory. Uh, so all of this just really came as a result of trying to learn as much as I could uh, after launching X3 because I wanted people to just get the best result. Yeah. And, and, and that's also why you know, sometimes vegans come on the forum. And if they're, if they're polite and ask good questions, I'll help them out. But if they come and they start posting just fake news, which is, you know, most vegan information, yeah, uh, they're not being helpful. Like, they may not know it. They may just be misinformed. But they're damaging, damaging people by giving them just terrible advice. So, yeah, sometimes I have to tell them, like, yeah, what you're posting is just fake. It's just falsified information, and here's why. And then I'll post, you know, five studies disproving <laughs> they just just posted. And by the way, the study you posted was done by Seventh-day Adventists who are vegans or something close, and they're trying to push their religious beliefs. You know, it's so, so amazing. It's like if it was, it was like Christians trying to do – I mean, I, there are sort of Christian. But like, like what, what are we doing by letting like some sort of religious group produce biased research that is clearly biased? And it says if the funding for this study came from the Seventh-day Adventist church and part of their religion is to make everybody eat vegetables. Why the hell do we allow that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, it's fine if they don't want to eat animal products. I'm unlike, you know, unlike vegans, typically meat eaters, carnivores, don't tell them how they need to live. Right. Right. So just like, all right, you know, if you, you want to do that, that's fine. If you want to have an intelligent conversation, if you want to come and post a bunch of dishonesty, well, adios. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's yeah, because it's 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 woke, you know. That's taking that that sort of spiritual high ground right. that they're not hurting animals or you know. Well, which they are. Seven billion animals a year are destroyed in the United States for the sake of, of vegetable farming. Birds poisoned. Uh, the you know rodents poisoned, destroyed. Uh, any deer that hops the fence into a farm is shot. Like. They just forget about all that stuff. Yeah. It's sort of like the people with their plug-in electric cars don't acknowledge the fact that that power comes from a coal-burning power plant down the road. <laughs> right. Because they don't see it, and they're not smart enough to put that together, Yeah. it's like it doesn't exist. Right, right. Well, Willfully well, ignorant is what those people are. Increasing, increasingly so, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I think that, I think that for, for me and I think for, for you know – People who are watching X3 and 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 watching 
the results and reading this, reading the research, I think that's one thing that, that really is becoming of you. And the way that you approach this is like, it's not bullshit, guys. Like here, here's the science behind this stuff. Here's the research that I've done, that other people have done. Here are these meta-analyses. Here is the science. Here is all of it. You can read it for yourself. I just happen to have read it and made a plan. And I, and I, you know, it's a testament, it's a testament to you because, um, I imagine that a lot of a lot of people try to call bullshit or get mad at 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 what what seem to be just crazy results. They couldn't they, people couldn't possibly be having the results that they are, but right. they but they are. Like my friend like, my like, my friend Kyle and Eric and Josh and my brother right. and like all of these people that are that are really close to me and myself. You know, like use. Sure. I mean, it's 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 just one after another. Are you are you following the um, the Joe Rogan debate between Game Changers, the movie, and and the whole back and forth and the sort of fallout from from the debunking and the Chris Kresser interviews on on Rogan? Yeah, it, Chris didn't. He he should have. He went for a sort of a a pleasant conversation. And he should have brought a bat with a nail through it. Like he should have, he didn't mention like so many things about that film. You know, like, so Roman gladiators were, you know, vegetarian or they ate a ton of grains. Yeah, they were also slaves. They weren't fed for health. They were like livestock. And they only lived as gladiators for a matter of weeks before they were killed. So they weren't <laughs> they weren't like the owners of these slaves weren't like concerned with their longevity, you know. Just and, and uh, here, here's another thing: uh, uh, Nick and Nate Diaz, the MMA fighters, they're called uh, they're called vegans in the film. They're not vegan. Yeah, they eat fish. Right, and eggs. Yeah, they eat eggs. Right, right. right. So like, just because they don't eat red meat, like the movie just lied about. Them. Yeah. So, like, Chris just, he didn't go in hard enough. And he didn't make his points aggressive enough. Whereas, I don't even remember the guy he debated with who James, wasn't told. James who, Wilkes. James Wilkes. Yeah. Oh, he's like the MMA fighter, right? Yeah. He's an MMA fighter? Trainer, trainer, yeah. Trainer, whatever. Yeah. Um, that guy showed up for combat. Yeah. Yeah, and like he just hit him with like one thing after another after another. Uh, I wish the debate had been with Baker, had been with Dr. Baker. I agree. Baker crushed him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, it's more like it's not like Baker's more necessarily more familiar with the literature than Chris. I just think he just shows up with a kind of a pragmatic attitude. Like I'm not going to let you get away. We're telling people a bunch of just phony information, and and there was so there was so much left out of of what was the most relevant pieces of information about the film, like the things, just like like you know, um, the claims of pollution, like didn't really go there, you know, in the podcast. Right. Yeah. Didn't even touch on environmental stuff, right? Like the environmental impact of vegetable farming is just as bad or worse than meat production. Now, there's some problems with some types of meat production, like feedlots. Right. But for the most part, like here, here I'll blow your mind with something. You know McDonald's cows don't come from feedlots? 
You know, for most of their lives. I've heard you. I've heard you talk about McDonald's meat being high quality. And it is like it is in 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 certain regards, it is better than what you get at a nice steakhouse. Oh man, I have I uh, my they own have, confirmation bias. They hold themselves to a higher standard. I believe it's mostly for legal liability reasons. So when someone says, "Oh, like that terrible quality meat made my child sick," you know, they're just. They're just grifters that are looking to screw over some company with deep pockets, and they're hoping to get paid so that the complainers go away. In reality, McDonald's doesn't pay anybody. Like ever since that coffee spill in the lap that created some burns, they're like, <laughs> that's not happening again. Right. Because guess what happened? Like a week later, people would just dump their coffee in their lap and try and sue McDonald's. Right. So what – I mean now you, you'll never get a cup of coffee that's too hot from McDonald's. Right. They've got all kinds of electronic systems fail-saves. Their meats are held to a higher standard. If somebody thinks they get sick from a McDonald's cow, McDonald's can produce the health record of the cow. Hmm. Wow. Like Morton Steakhouse can't do that. Right. And, the, and they're grass-fed, grain-finished or corn-finished? Grain-finished, right. Grain-finished. So, yeah, they might go to a feedlot you know, towards, towards the end Huh. Their life before their process is food. Uh, but, like, it's great quality huh. meat. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, in fact, I've got an interview. I, I don't see this guy very often because he lives in Reykjavik. But he's a Michelin star chef, and he used to do all the buying for McDonald's for their meats in Spain. Um, right after he finished his, uh, his uh, chef's his culinary training. And uh, he said it was one of the greatest jobs he's ever had. Uh, he moved back to Reykjavik because that's where he's from. But um, very interesting. He said, the, I will always, like if I'm traveling and I don't know the restaurants, like in the United States or something, I'll always feed my children to come as meats. Michelin star chef. This guy knows. Wow. Yeah. No. The rest of the stuff they serve at McDonald's is not food. Right. Coca-Cola, I wouldn't feed to my enemy. Right. Uh, uh, you know, the fries just – Right. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of Americans that think they get their vegetables from French fries. Uh, yeah. I mean like yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't eat that crap ever. Yeah. But if, but if you're – but if not food. Yeah. Uh, ketchup is not food. Uh, but the meat and the cheese, pretty good. Huh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I'll like if I'm if I'm traveling, and I'm not going to do like a 48 hour fast. Typically, when I travel, I just, especially because I travel overseas a lot, I'll just go 48 hours with nothing. Yeah. The, go, uh, go. I will like if I if I need to get a meal, and I'm like pinched for time or something like that, and I just you know look at look at my phone and where's the nearest McDonald's. I'll get. Uh, unfortunately, Europe doesn't have the double quarter pounders, which kind of pisses me off. Um, Australia doesn't have that either. And I was like, really? Australia? We expect them to have an even more badass burger. Yeah. <laughs> like a triple. You know, anyway, they didn't have it. Uh, so I had to get single quarter pounders. But uh, like if I'm in the States, I'll get four double quarter pounders. Uh, so that's two pounds of meat and just inhale it. Yeah. And, Throw the bun away. Scrape everything off. Yeah, yeah. What, my meal. I, I don't even bother to order it without the bun because, like, you know, the employees are just confused. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, nobody. Just throw the bun away. Right. Um, 
Yeah, going going back to the to the game changers sort of debate and fallout on Rogan. I mean, the the, the I think the the cool part about it is that it has it has it has brought about more conversations, more formative conversations about propaganda films. Um, it has brought about a broader conversation. You know, I've seen um, um, Dr. Paul Saladino, you know, do handling some some game changers conversations and some debates and Rob Wolf as well, who's going to be on the podcast here shortly. Um, you know, he's got he's got a film coming out that he's working on called Sacred Cow, which I think is I mean, it's it's about time. It's about time that some sanity comes into this conversation around, you know, around veganism and the the pea and soy protein industry and it's just so slimy totally and, usable by the body by the way soy soy or pea protein both oh soy is just it's another thing i wouldn't feed to my enemy yeah crap yeah f- not food people should not be eating soy at all yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you get gynecomastia from that which by the way that that weightlifter uh in game changers he has gynecomastia. Now we know he doesn't take steroids. So what's up, reg- up regulating his estrogen? Right. Soy. Right. He's growing breasts, female breasts, because he's eating soy. And he's lifting less and less at every tournament he shows up to. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and, himself. and there's, I mean, in the list, the list of vegan NFL players that are that are that are injured or. Um, underperforming oh. immense. I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's, there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, one question, cause I just, I'm curious about it. What, what is the benefit? So just to, just to zoom out and paint a picture for people, um, mm. the, the, the X3 bar is exactly what it says it is. It's exactly as purported and you speak for a minute into the X3 bar users group, you know, read the testimonials. They're real. Uh, shit, send me an email and ask me questions about it. It's, it's real. The, the fact that you need a ton of protein, that you need as, as many grams of protein as the pounds that you weigh every day in order to grow is real. So how do we get it? You know, enter Fortigen to, to be able to supplement whatever diet that you have to get to that level. Sean needs 195 grams of protein a day to, in order to gain muscle mass, which is my goal and has been for a while. Um, and and there are there are shortest routes from A to B in order to get there. And and this the simplicity and clarity of the way, Dr. Jayquish, that you talk about it, the, the solutions to increasing bone density with OsteoStrong, like the solutions to, to gaining lean muscle mass with X3, the solutions to um, getting to that level of protein consumption so that you can grow and put on muscle mass so you can be strong and live fucking live a long time um is is clear and and i and i think that the way the way that you're approaching out and and your attitude toward it is is really refreshing and that's why i had to have you back um so thank you um Thanks for having me. I'm excited. This uh, the, the the one question that I have uh, that I wanted answered. Wh- why at night? Why why take Fortigen at night right before you go to sleep? You grow at night. Well, that's easy. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple studies on that. Not a lot, uh, but you know, primarily when you stop contracting a muscle, it's when the most muscle protein synthesis happens, and you do that a lot less while you're sleeping. Uh, that's why sleep is so important to growth. 
Right. You really do need eight hours of sleep. I'd, I'd love to come up with some hack that says you only need two, but not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, your body needs to power down and, and recover. Yeah. And I actually don't really love the word recover because that implies that there's damage. And of course, that's another falsehood to fitness. You don't need to damage a muscle to make it grow. Muscle damage has it actually the more muscle damage you have, the less you grow. You don't need the little tears like my high like my high school football coach said. You're going to tear up the muscle. You need the little tears and then fill it in and repair it. Wrong. Shit. <laughs> but it's okay because when you use X3, you're not damaging the muscle at all. Are you are you ever sore the I'm, next day after you do your X3? No, 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 no not ever. No. Yeah, and people are like, oh, yeah, sore means you got a good workout. No, sore means you got a shitty workout. Hmm. Uh, also, like, that's part of the reason, like, muscle confusion theory. And, uh, you know, it's not the only thing Arnold Schwarzenegger got wrong. Uh, no, I mean, he, he promoted game changers. <laughs> Turbo wrong. Uh, but the um, – yeah, he used to say like we'd always try and shock the muscle into growth by doing different workouts all the time and hitting the muscle from different angles and we wanted to be as sore as possible. Yeah, that's fake news. That might as well be on CNN. Hmm. Uh, uh, just garbage. It's, and they've tested it. People who stick to one workout and try and go with progressive overload, which I actually hate that term. If we have time, I'll explain why. Uh, but – the progressive overload type type approach is better than mixing it up because mixing it up, you just do more muscle damage because your your body's not not accustomed to the movement. And so you get damage and most of the muscle protein synthesis is to attenuate the damage. And then none of it goes towards growth. Whereas if you don't damage the muscle, stay with a consistent pattern of movement, then you begin to have more muscular growth over time. So it's it's not the days you're sore when you grow. And like I said, I haven't been sore in years and I've put on well over 45 pounds of muscle after turning 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. So, so why don't you why don't you like the term progressive what'd you say progressive muscle what? Progressive overload. Overload. It's 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 really dumb. Because progressive overload is a goal, not a method. That's like saying, like, my job is cashing checks. <laughs> Somebody gives you a check because you did something. Right. That's what your job is. Like, the check's got nothing to do with your job other than that you, that you are compensated. So saying my method is progressive overload is nonsensical. Like, progressive overload's the result, not the method at all. And so like a lot of people think to get progressive overload, you need to add a tiny bit of weight. Like let's say you do 10 reps with whatever, uh, 300 pounds, and then you add like a, you know, two pounds, and then you do 10 reps, and it's like, oh, I'm stronger. Yeah, okay. Because you got stronger. Like the method of adding tiny increments of weight, it's got nothing to do with it. Like if you took the same amount of weight and one day did – 10 repetitions and then another day you did 11 another day you did 12 and then you know a couple months later you're doing 20 repetitions with that same weight that's progressive overload also but it's it's like i wouldn't call it a falsehood of fitness because it is a goal but it's not a method yeah 
And I just see people like complaining about X3. Well, you can't do progressive overload with it. Yeah, you can. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Like, they just, they think they're stuck in this idea that you need to add like little penny weights, you know, on the ends. Like, right. Oh. You know, it occurs to me that like, you know, you're, you're, this product is, is still so new and it's been so disruptive in a good way and it's based on good science. I imagine that five, 10, 15 years from now that the, the, the entire industry is going to change and it, it has to because the, 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 the results are, the results are clear. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what it's like 15 years from now when we look back and say, oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember when there were there were gyms all over the place and they had all these crazy weights and they had all these uh, all these racks and all these things and, and none of that shit's necessary anymore. Huh, yeah. It's, I, I get invited to like world-class gyms all the time and people are like, you know, you, you get to train at like, you know, this this amazing place and I'm like – who cares? <laughs> like I, I show up to the gym and I bring my X3 and I use it in the gym and everyone's just kind of looking at me like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you want to try our whatever? And I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't want to try your whatever. <laughs> it's, it's like, who cares? It's not going to do what can be done. I yeah. know what can be done. So that thing over there, pretty stupid. Yeah, pretty expensive, pretty dangerous. Yeah, you might have, you know, you might have paid forty thousand dollars for that, whatever, top of the line piece of equipment. But you know, X three is the cheapest home gym solution that's actually effective. I mean, yeah, you can buy a whatever a shake weight or perfect push up or something like that, but that's. That's not doing anything. Uh, yeah, anybody who's willing to spend like $35 on their health, they're not interested in their health. They're interested in telling people they work out at home. Right. <laughs> yeah, just fooling themselves. Uh, yeah, it's, that, that, that's fake fitness. Oh, well said. Uh, it's, it's so funny when people are like, oh, yeah, I bought this, you know, such and such. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, a year from now, you're going to look exactly the same or worse. Yeah. Because I... I have to say shit like that. Otherwise, people won't get it. I have to be kind of hard on them. Yeah. If that's if that's your if that's your commitment, you're not committed at all. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Let's cut the bullshit. <laughs> uh, I, I, as a matter of habit, I like to end each episode with a fill in the blank, and you've done this one before, and I don't remember what your answer was, but if you would, uh, based on everything you know. Um, elaborate as much as you like. Please fill in the blank. Um, everyone would benefit from knowing. Overarching theme, variable resistance. If you understand variable resistance, you'll never lift a weight again. And I mean, if you understand it, there's some people that read the research and just shrug their shoulders and they have no idea what they're looking at. So you got to understand it, not just read it. There's a big difference between the two. So that that is and when I, I have kind of a standard, it's actually an automated response when certain, you know, like 
clown people post some certain things in Instagram or Facebook, like automatically they get like, here are 13 studies. Actually, I think I picked 10 out of the 13 because the, there, were th- there were three of them that were really complicated. So just, you know, look up these 10 studies and then get back to me. They never do because they're not, not even able to read one of them. But it doesn't matter because they can see that there are 10 studies. And then if you Google variable resistance, and you see there's articles and some pretty big publications that talk about how variable resistance is much more powerful. And I think because the general population hasn't really had it broken down to them. See, X3 is like a magnifying glass onto this phenomenon. Like, because of the variable resistance, like I told you, it was very arbitrary how they applied variance, whereas mine was a very systematic approach based on my own research, uh, which was published in the uh, Journal of Osteoporosis and Physical Activity. Um, like, I had the answer. They were like kind of scratching the surface and implying there may be an answer. Uh, that's better than, than, than what we've been using so far, which is why in really serious hardcore gyms, you do see chains being used where they put chains at the end of the bar and they pick up more weight as they move the bar further away from the ground. Um, that's a pretty arbitrary or nominal amount of variance. I mean, unless you're using like battleship chains, which nobody has, uh, so, you know, uh, I think trying to wrap your head around that. And then, you know, once, once you look at X3 at that point, you're like, well, this is obvious. Like this is the only way to train. And, uh, here's another thing. Like people offer to have me try something and it's just like, okay, if I'm going to get a real workout from that, I'm going to risk joints and get very little muscular stimulus out of it. So no, I won't try everything. But that's the other thing. I, I won't do it because it'll be damaging. Yeah. So I just put the pin in it, you know, like a hundred pounds or something that's light to me and just go through a couple of repetitions and like shrug my shoulders. And it's like, okay, yes. Yeah, so what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, I don't, I don't care what, how shiny it is. I don't care how much you pay for it. Not, not anywhere near as effective as what I got in my backpack. Yeah. I'm way stronger with you, way stronger than you with way, way less time and way less money. And I don't have to leave my house like that. That's I keep I keep an extra X3 in my suitcase because I travel constantly still. Uh, I'd really like to change that. But whatever. Uh, I was last week. I I just got back from Mexican Congress of anti-aging medicine. Awesome presentations. Cool. Aesthetic physicians, plastic surgeons absolutely love X3 because they can't do anything for people's biomechanics. Someone who's kyphotic and the shoulders kind of slump forward, there's no amount of plastic surgery they can do to fix that. But you build your traps and your shoulders move back. Hmm. Love it. That's cool. Yeah, it was a very successful presentation. I was probably the only guy that didn't really present something that was like – some sort of plastic surgery procedure or just general reconstruction or, you know, reintroducing adipose tissue in certain areas like the Brazilian butt lift. They right. take somebody's abdomen and they put it in their, their, uh, you know, above their glutes. Yeah. Uh, 
and sort of the you know more rounded ass look. Yeah. Which I'm not really sure if that's attractive or not, but that's what people are doing. <laughs> um, I think mostly it's just people want what they can't have. Like yeah. Just, like I don't. I've never really been into the huge ass thing. I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> call me strange. I don't know. I don't, I don't like just not, not very interesting to me, but anyway, so I was like the only guy who was really talking about a physical medicine intervention and I knew it was a good speech when there's a few hundred physicians in the room and everybody's got their phone up recording it. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. Like these guys are really like this. I already got invited for next year. Yeah, they're getting it. They're getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all about it. And then they, they hear how inexpensive it is. Uh, you know, of course, there's trolls who will bitch about the price of anything. You could be selling a five dollar Velcro wallet, and they'd post, "You son of a bitch." <laughs> Probably only cost you a penny to make. Right. It's about manufacturing costs out there, by the way. Yeah. I, Time like it only costs Apple five dollars to make an iPhone. No, it actually costs them like over. I think it's like over three hundred fifty dollars to make an iPhone. Huh? They got like you know I don't know like fifty seventy percent. No, less. They probably have like a fifty percent margin on the product because they got to pay an acquisition cost. They spend you know hundreds of millions or billions of dollars on advertising and branding. When you roll all that into the cost of the iPhone, you know maybe maybe they're making. Maybe fifty percent, maybe even less. Hmm. You know, they got to pay to have all these stores open. That shit ain't free. Yeah, it's just amazing some of these things. But you know, ultimately, when the plastic surgeons hear about the price of X three, and then they compare that to the other stuff that they offer, which costs tens of thousands of dollars, they're like, "Oh, everyone in the world should have one of these things." Yeah, right. But there is nobody poor enough. Who shouldn't have one? Yeah, five hundred fifty dollars, nothing. You, it's worth it's worth becoming stronger so that you can be more fit, more happy, uh, live longer. I mean, it's uh, be more attractive to your partner. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's spiced there's, up. The, there's, the, never, there's never been a girl that was like, "Wow, your big fat gut is even bigger." Awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah, not what women are attracted to. No, I mean, I'm. It's, 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 it's really changed. It's really changed the way that I think about myself. It's changed the way that I think about my physique, you know, in the pre-read, I'll explain to people, um, uh, I'm ready for before and after I'm going to show a before and after, uh, picture to show people my progression. And I've already told you that I haven't done a sit up in a year and I haven't run cause I got a broken fucking foot. I'm working out a, you know, five, five days a week, maybe six, but for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Doing the same thing and being, you know, being decent in my, in my diet. Um, but yeah, well, Dr. Jaquish, keep up the good work, man. I'm, I'm glad that I could, uh, could have you back for, for episode number two. And I look forward to, to keeping in touch, man. Sean, thanks for having me. This was fun.